on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000 or text the show on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Do it! Just do it! Now, with Locked In, here's Tyler McComas and Parker Thune. Well, it is officially the offseason as OU closed up the season last night. I use that word offseason. Maybe you hate that word offseason. There is no such thing as the offseason here on The Ref, I'll tell you that much. Uh, OU football talk is not going to slow down on this station. And I promise you, during this hour of Locked In from 2 to 3, there is no offseason when we talk about recruiting. That's why, Parker, um, right out of the gate, I want to throw this question your way. And as always, I want the Air Comfort Solutions text line to sound off as well, 405 24-7 sports just did like their top 25 recruiters of the year uh, for this recent class, and a couple of OU assistants were on that list. But if I were to ask you who was the recruiter of the year on this OU staff, who would you say and why? Well, I would say if we're talking sheer numbers and we're talking talent, both, if you're talking about the juxtaposition of both of those things, I would say it's Brandon Hall, the safeties coach, because yeah. he gets Kendall Dolby, he gets Eric McCarty, he gets Dave McCullough, and, of course, he closes out on Peyton Bowen late in the cycle. So, man, I would think that nod has to go to Brandon Hall. But, I look, Tyler, I really think we're burying the lead here. I know a dude whose wife won't let him have a social media account didn't try to step last night. Um, Yeah, he tried to step last night, and it was the worst step. I, there's been a lot of bad steps by this guy. But to call um, someone like Teddy, man, just dumber than a box of rocks is without a doubt the most idiotic thing I've ever heard um, in my entire life. I, I mean, I, I don't even – like, it's hard to even address that because it's so – stupid and ignorant and it's not really all that surprising coming from that source but that source is the only one who would ever say anything like that which to me says just about everything yeah by the way uh jackson arnold has requested a release from his national letter of intent at (laughs) oklahoma so he's going to be back on the open market I just I don't know how people do it, how people listen to that garbage, and that was just another garbage opinion last night. I mean, just and hey, uh, if you don't love my opinion about that, everyone else on social media had the exact same response, did they not? <laughs> did, did, I mean, uh, again, don't mess with the ref army, Tyler. It's just stupid. Just don't man. do it. It's just it's just stupid. By the way, twenty four seven sports agrees with you. They had Brandon Hall as the uh, highest-ranked OU assistant on this top recruiters list. They have him at number 11 overall. Um, Five commits. Average rating was a 92.08, and they give a quick rundown on that. But uh, Brandon Hall just finishes just outside the top 10. But I I would agree with you, man. If we're talking about recruiter of the year on this staff, I I think it's B. Hall and what uh, what he got. And I would, I would imagine that Brandon Hall is going to have a much easier time recruiting in the 2024 cycle because you look at the guys that he's already developed strong relationships with and has put Oklahoma in the lead for, guys like Aaron Flowers and Xavier Filsamy. Those guys are not going to provide near the drama over the course of the recruiting process that Peyton Bowen did. So Brandon Hall will sleep much better at night throughout the duration of the year of our Lord 2023 than he did in 2022. 
uh, you were, he deserves it. You were right, by the way. We did bury the lead. I think uh, more people care about this drama than they do who is the best <laughs> recruiter uh, on the staff this year from OU. For those of you that don't know, um, I guess Scout Guy over there apparently said, um, kind of went off on the OU radio crew last night and said, quote, the color guy is as dumb as a box of rocks. Yeah, apparently Didn't he come that after said. Plank, too? Didn't Plank catch a stray? Uh, the sideline guy is happy to be alive and at a football game. I wonder if he knows the people he's talking about playing the NFL. I, I mean, it's just it's just so dumb, man. What a, what a moron. It, what it, an loser. unmitigated moron. You're right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what it is. I, <laughs> to come after to, – to say that Teddy is a, dumber than a box of rocks, like – Teddy is the smartest football guy I know, and Teddy's actually a very brilliant individual and a very successful person outside of football. It's just it's just so stupid, man, and it's par for the course is what it is. Yeah. Well, that aside, uh, I mean, oh, you lost to Florida State, Tyler. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah, missed opportunities it's weird, though, again, because, man. Yeah, and I asked this to Steely at the top of our show in the noon hour, though. Like, when was the last time – OU outperformed expectations in a game and still lost. Um, outperformed expectations in a game and still lost. Boy, um, yeah, sh- it's tough, isn't it? Well, they didn't Which do says- it. They, they didn't do it this year. They didn't outperform expectations against Kansas State, TCU, or Texas. I thought they played poorly against West Virginia. Yeah, um, I- I'll get you an answer, Parker. I will get you an answer, but I'm going to need a few minutes to think about that. That's what I'm saying, man, which says more about the standard at Oklahoma than just about anything else. Because when that is the standard, when we're talking about this being maybe the first game in, I I don't know, eight, nine years, Tyler, where they played better than people expected and it still wasn't enough, that says so much about how good and how consistent this program is year in and year out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I they exceeded my expectations um, of how well they were going to play. I didn't think that they were going to rush for over 200 yards last night, Parker. I can tell you that. Well, I mean, I, I did not think that that was going to be a real thing. Like, they outrushed Florida State easily. Um, there were some good things. It's just it was kind of the main theme last night. You know, you, you get a fourth down stop, a couple of them, the offense has got to do something with it. You know, you can't come up empty-handed and go three and out. Can't miss a field goal. Um, can't have a penalty that brings back a touchdown. You know, there's there, there's just some things last night that you say, okay, I can see it with this team. And I can see the progression and see a lot of things to be excited about. And then they just they just can't get out of their own way at times. And that's the reason why they lost last night and didn't win by like uh, 10 to 14 points. Because if OU plays a clean game last night, Parker, that's the thing. Um, without like what seven starters, they could have won that game by ten to fourteen points. They could have, and again, like it's crazy to sit here and say that that a team that looked overmatched, that looked like they were not nearly as good on paper as as Florida State. If you just eliminate some of those small costly mistakes, that they win that game by double digits, like. Oklahoma, all told, especially with the hand that they were dealt, with the offensive line in particular last night, they played a really good football game. Yeah. And no, it was not perfect. And yes, there were opportunities for them to make plays, to close this thing out and go get a win, 
and Oklahoma didn't make them. Yeah, Gavin Sawchuk's fumble was costly. Yeah, some of the penalties were costly. But all in all, that team performed a heck of a lot better than I thought they were going to last night. Yeah. And they showed a lot more fi- a lot more fight than I thought they were going to. Uh, a lot of you want Teddy and Gout Guy in a cage match. Um, that would be that would be incredible. I don't know if Gout Guy could uh, actually has the athleticism to uh, climb into a cage these days. But, uh, yeah, that would be entertaining. That would be entertaining. It would be amazing if that could happen. Uh, so much going on in the Air Coverage Solutions text line. 405-651-3439. Hearing any names on our transfer portal involvement. We, or at least I said on, uh, was it Tuesday? Uh, or I think it was Wednesday, Parker. Hey, all is quiet right now on the transfer portal front. And then 30 minutes later, Trace Ford commits to OU. So maybe I should say that again today in hopes of a sparking yeah, a new there's, commitment. Yeah, there's absolutely afternoon. nothing going on in the transfer portal as far as Oklahoma is concerned right now. Nothing is happening. There is nothing to expect in the coming days oh, whatsoever. What's this? Will Anderson just said that uh, he's transferring to Oklahoma and going to play one more year. Hey, how about that? No, that's no, man. that's like, that's not, not going to happen. Ooh, okay, let me ask you this question on that topic. Pick any player in college football and they transfer to Oklahoma. Who are you picking and why? Um for next year, who am I picking? Um I god, that's actually tough. Travis offered up a a similar question yesterday. Some people are going to say a quarterback here. I, I don't know if I'm going to go with the quarterback. Um, I might go, e- even though I think OU can be better off of the edge next year. Will Anderson's so dominant, I, I wouldn't turn down a pass rusher if-, if I was offered one. Like, just off the top of my head and not really thinking about it that much. No, Joe, uh, give, give me an elite defensive lineman. Give me anybody that can make some noise up front because that's what Oklahoma is lacking and has lacked. Uh, nobody had, uh, nobody had more than four and a half sacks this year for the Sooners. Tyler, that's an atrocity. And Ethan Downs played pretty well, all told. Like Ethan Downs was second team All Big Twelve for a reason. But man, everybody else on that defensive line across the board needs to be seriously threatened for their job next year, because. there's just such improvement that needs to be made across the board on the defensive line. Ethan Downs is the only guy where I can sit here and say, okay, yeah, he, he belongs a hundred percent without question. He belongs. I I'm out on Reggie Grimes as a defensive end, Tyler. I think that dude needs to move inside for his own good. Uh, And I'm ready to see our Mason Thomas off the edge. And I would, I would be inclined to believe that at least one of Oklahoma's starting interior defensive linemen next year is a guy that's not currently on the roster. Could be, and man. I'm gonna leave it at that. Yeah, could be. Jalen Carter from Georgia is a pretty uh, popular submission on the text line right now. Uh, he might be the number two overall pick in the draft, and uh, yeah, it's it's hard to disagree with that one. Like that's and, and that's kind of where what you're trying to get right is. As great as this class is, and it's the top five class, and we'll talk later on this hour if OU can make a move up even uh, more into the top five before we get to the second signing day. But Jalen Carter, like, I, not guys like that just aren't everywhere in college football. 
But I feel like that's kind of the next step for this program in terms of recruiting. You got great defensive backs this class. You got great talent all over the field. Those interior difference makers like that who are top ten picks, that's kind of what you're going for with this next cycle. Uh, who is who is calling Ethan Downs slow on the Air Comfort Solutions text line? I don't know. Because Ethan Downs is many things. Slow is not one of them. And, in fact, there was one play that stood out to me last night. It was a reverse that Florida or a jet sweep that Florida State dialed up. I can't remember which receiver they gave the ball to. But they gave the ball to a receiver coming around the edge. And it looked like for a minute that he was going to get to the edge and be in the clear. And Ethan Downs matches that dude step for step, corrals him next to the sideline, and stops him for no gain. Ethan Downs can move. Let's not get it twisted. That man is not slow. Uh, let's see. We need linebackers. Next year, Stutzman, redshirt freshman McKenzie and Lewis, then incoming freshman. Why are we not going after linebackers? Are you talking about why are they not going after linebackers in the, the portal, or why aren't they going after linebackers in recruiting? Because they got some good backers in recruiting. Samuel Omasigo, Lewis Carter. I mean, that's a, I mean, just those two guys right there, that's a really good duo uh, in recruiting. Yeah. Brent, I and, think Brent uh, Venable uh, said that he thinks Lewis Carter is like the best player in the state of Florida or was the best player in the state of Florida this year, and Samuel Omasigo was a top 100 player. So, that, I mean, they got a, a, some nice players there. Deshaun McCullough happened. Lest we forget, uh, Jaron Kanick is going to, I would imagine, step into a larger role next year. He has to. He's too good not to. Kobe McKenzie and Kip Lewis are going to have another year under their belts in the system. Shane Witter is going to be coming back and coming back healthy. Uh, I, I would like to see Oklahoma add another linebacker or two via the portal. I really don't think it's a necessity, though. I don't, because... You're going to have Kanick in the mix more so than he was this year. You're going to have Deshaun McCullough in the mix. And so I think your linebacker room looks better in 2023, and I might argue substantially better by virtue of the addition of McCullough alone than it does right now at the conclusion of the 2022 season. Yeah. Um, Parker is still in Orlando, by the way. Are you hitting this Under Armour game next week? Is that your plan? I am hitting this Under Armour game, and there are practices, availability sessions, all sorts of festivities uh, leading up to the game itself. So that's where I'm going to be headed literally as soon as we are off the air here uh, to the first of the Under Armour open practices. What uh, OU has eight signees on team speed in the Under Armour game. Um, and, and, There's and a we, lot of OU DNA. Here. Yeah, like we, we've called this the best you know, recruiting class that OU's had in a long time, the highest-ranked recruiting class they've had in a long time. Do you remember another All-Star game where eight Sooner signees have been involved? Because I, I, I don't off the top of my head. I, I, like, the point is, like, it kind of proves how deep this class is if you got eight players in the Under Armour game. Yeah, I, I haven't been doing this long enough to give you a terribly authoritative answer, Tyler, but uh, eight OU signees this game. I, I didn't do the tally. I should have looked at the roster and tallied it up. I can't imagine there are too many more programs across the country that can match the Sooners in terms of how many guys they have present at this game. And that's to say nothing of the All-American Bowl, which happens in San Antonio next week and is the other uh, nationally acclaimed All-Star game for prep prospects that are getting ready to take their talents to the collegiate level. All right, 405-651-3439. Already a ton of text coming in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll hit more recruiting. We'll hit more transfer portal. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. This is your home for Sooner fans.
The Ref Sports Radio Network. Think about the last time you moved. Remember how you said you'd never do it alone again? We know moving is tough, but at Two Men and a Truck, we make it easy. No matter the move, big or small, we'll make it a smooth one. We're the movers who care, and we'll prove it. It's home Creations. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Chuck says, another listener in the portal. We need ref portal t-shirts. I think that we uh, could potentially do that, Chuck. That's a pretty good idea. Maybe on Parker's way back from Orlando, he can design a uh, ref uh, transfer portal listener t-shirt. We really have, have we not done that yet? I feel like that's a concept we were talking about a couple months ago. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll, we'll do something with that. I'm sure, which will which will be pretty fun. By the way, that uh, list on 24/7 Sports, the, uh, the the best recruiters in in this uh, recruiting cycle. I feel like the top three, top four guys were all Alabama assistants because their their class was just so – It's it's been out in front of everyone else's. They signed such a great class. It's like, yeah, it's hard to argue if they had the top three, top four ranked um, assistants uh, in terms of recruiting in this cycle. By the way, our, uh, <laughs> our ref text line denizens are texting us live updates from Gout Guy. Oh, sweet. Who apparently has opened his show today – by making it very, very clear that he stands by all of his comments last night about the OU radio crew. Uh, does he also stand by the fact that he thought Prentice Gott was actually at the uh, game this year with the Unity uniforms? Is he still standing by that one? Because that happened earlier this year. Uh, <laughs> I can't read so many of these texts right But they're now. great, right? Suffice great. it to say, the ref army is out in full force, Yeah, which is fantastic. Uh, from the 918, if you have time, would you please share your thoughts on Grayson Halton? Really liked the kid and wondered what you thought his potential might be. Yeah, that's a guy that I think is poised for a big leap freshman to sophomore year. Him and Nick Anderson are two guys that I think have flown under the radar but that have a ton of potential heading into 2023. It's just a matter of how quickly they develop and how much the coaching staff is willing to rely on them when you're no doubt going to have transfer portal additions at that same position. Peyton says, you guys are bearing the real lead. Quentin Johnston got talked out of transferring to OU this offseason. Yeah, I saw that earlier Ugh. today. Um, Carl Johnston. I, I, I guess apparently Quentin Johnston uh, called his dad at the end of last season. He's a wide receiver at TCU. Really, he's the wide receiver at TCU. <laughs> called his dad at the end of last season to discuss whether he should transfer to Oklahoma. And apparently, his dad offered up some good advice. Here's the quote from Quentin Johnson. Quote, he called me and asked me, uh, what did I think, Carl Johnson said. Oh, this is from his dad. His dad said, I told him what I thought about transferring at this stage in his career. I said, Oklahoma, yeah, that's a powerhouse team. But this could possibly be your last year. You're already established. If you go up to Oklahoma, you have to get re-familiarized with all your surroundings, learn a whole new everything. Right now, you're established right where you're at. Uh, you've got friends there. Your schooling is going great. If you stay the course, I believe you'll be all right. Your name is already out there. They know what you can do. Just hang tough where you're at, In quotes. That's from his dad. Now, obviously, Quentin made the right choice to stay at TCU, they're going to play in the college football playoff uh, coming up this weekend. But 
Dang, man, if you want to do like an uh, alternate universe type, like what does OU look like with Quentin Johnston lining up at wide receiver this oh, year? Man. I bet it looks a little different. That's quite the proposition, isn't it? Quentin Johnston in the wide receiver room at Oklahoma. Yeah, that that would have been fun. That would have been a fun guy to have opposite Marvin Mims. But, you know, some things are just not to be. Uh, somebody on the text line said, portaled from the toe to the show. Love that. Yeah, We appreciate nice. you. Uh, OU Optimist says, Parker, who do you expect to enter the portal? If you don't want to name names, give us an estimate. Five to ten, question mark. No, I, I would say two or three more. Uh, it's not going to be any one of vast consequence. I can promise you that. Can you, but I, I would figure you'll see two or three more guys postseason enter the portal from Oklahoma. Can you guys explain to me why a six and six Oklahoma would qualify to play a top twenty ranked team in the nation? Won't well, be. You just use the word right there, Oklahoma. That's why they were uh-huh. playing in the Cheez It Bowl last night. I mean, that's that's it. Oh, you did not earn the cheese. Oh, I, I, you can definitely argue that OU did not earn the Cheez It Bowl bid. Um, but, I mean, the logo on the side of the helmet helped. I mean, that's that's why they were there last night. And I, I don't know what uh, ratings-wise that game did, but being, being uh, OU in Florida State and the game being pretty tight, I'm sure the ratings on ESPN did pretty well, I, I, I would guess. I don't think it's going to be like anything comparable to the semifinal games, but for 4.30 in the afternoon on a Thursday, I'm, I'm guessing the Cheez-It Bowl got what they wanted in terms of ratings. Yeah, I would think so, too. Uh, on the text line as well, 5808 says, would love to see the guy calling downs slow take a break from that PBR 30 pack. He's sucking down and go ahead and run the 40 against him. Uh, Peyton says, I'm kind of worried about the fact that Marcus Major also had a massive bowl game his freshman year, and then we never heard from him again. I'm hoping since this was a full-strength defense, it's more indicative. Uh, yes. I think it will be more indicative. I don't think you're dealing with the next Marcus Major here in either Javante Was that the Barnes Florida game? That, that... Uh, it was the Florida game. And here's okay. the thing. Yeah, he rushed for 110 yards, but it was on six carries. Right. And Florida's def- defense was demoralized. They didn't really want to be there at that point. It was already a blowout by the time Marcus Major got into the game. That's really the one shining moment of Marcus Major's OU career to this point. But still, Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk last night were running behind a piecemeal offensive line against a very strong Florida State front seven. That was no joke what they did. And and, and the offensive line, I I think, several times did a good job of opening up holes for those guys. But really, like if you go back and watch that game, yeah, both of those guys at times were taking advantage of the opportunities, like the lanes to run through, but they were breaking some tackles. And and that's the thing that really surprised me the most about Gavin Salchuk is I wasn't surprised about his speed. Like I knew that he had speed. But he is made he's more of a physical runner than I think I expected, Parker. Like he was breaking tackles. I, I know that yeah. he had the key fumble late in the game, but I thought initially that he was just a pure speed guy. Get him out in open space. That's where he's going to be best. And maybe that is still going to be the case. But he is a better downhill runner than I thought that he was going to be. And that's what has me excited about the running backs moving forward. No joke, man. He impressed me last night with the physical nature of his running because we knew we had we knew he had speed. I didn't know he had that in him. And I was I was very impressed with what Gavin Sawchuk put on tape last night. Uh, uh, apparently, per Kendall on the text line, 
Gout guy just said he welcomes anyone who disagrees with him to call or text him. Well, I doubt he'll be getting yeah. many calls and or texts because everyone that disagrees with him is currently tuned into our airwaves time. Yeah, and why would you not be? We talk about OU, the things you care about right here, right? Uh, taking a peek into the future, talking about last night, and um, on that, I, I guess I'll just ask you, what's next for the 23 class? Um, you got, a, what, a couple more months well, maybe a month and a half until you get to signing day number two. Is there any chance that OU can move deeper into the top five once we get to the month of February? I I wouldn't count on it just because OU's so low on official visits as it is. Like, I don't know if they will have any official visits left to give to high school prospects. So I think the remainder of their additions are probably going to come via the transfer portal. I can see them maybe electing to take one or two additional high school players if some of their portal targets don't pan out or go elsewhere for some reason. Like, by the way, a guy that we had talked about as a guy that OU had put a portal on uh, or put a red eye on in the transfer portal, uh, Michael Tarkin, offensive tackle at Florida, or formerly at Florida, hit the transfer portal uh, earlier this week, I believe, or perhaps it was over the weekend. Well, he committed to Mule Shoe this morning. Uh. So clearly, I I don't know if Mule Shoe is just making a concerted effort to wreak havoc on all of Oklahoma's best <laughs> plans in the transfer portal. But this this whole thing, especially when money uh. is involved, man, it's going to be very fluid, and there may be guys that emerge as portal targets for Oklahoma and end up committing to Oklahoma within hours because that's how fast these coaching staffs have to move for fear that the mule shoes of the world are going to try to horn in on their action with money. Yeah, the uh, the battleground between the new staff and the old staff this year wasn't really out on the recruiting trail. It's been via the transfer portal, has it not? I mean, we, we, we've been talking about multiple guys now that, well – Kind of down to OU and USC, and we and we saw that in some instances, I guess, in recruiting. But mostly, the the, the battleground there has been with the portal, and that, that may not it may not be done just yet either. Yeah, look, you, you won the battle for Trace Ford, you lost the battle for Michael Tarkin. I'm curious to see what well, and what plays into this now more so than it did before is the injury to Jacob Sexton, because we've talked about. That injury is one that's going to require a legitimate rehab process. And I'm not going to get too deep in the weeds. It's not my place to say what type of injury it is. But it's an injury that most people would categorize as serious. So is that going to heighten the need for an additional offensive tackle beyond the guy that OU thought they had locked up in Michael Tarkin? We'll see. But I can I can foresee Oklahoma taking an additional offensive lineman beyond what they were already planning on with the news that – Jacob Sexton's going to miss time yeah. with that injury. All right, 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Keep it coming on the text line. We'll get to as many as we can coming up next segment, as well as is OU a month away from getting their quarterback in the 2024 class? We'll tell you the likelihood of that coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Fowler Auto Group is proud to be a part of your community where our passion and values lie. your risk, take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Spread your love on fly. Spread your love on 
Locked in with McComas and Thune on this Friday. Wishing you all a happy new year coming up this weekend. We will be off the air on Monday, but back on Tuesday. So we're going to enjoy a nice little three-day weekend. We'll be back with you on a Tuesday of next week after we get done at 6 p.m. tonight. The Ref Army listening nationwide, as always. San Jose, California is tuned in. Gainesville, Georgia. Cibolo, Texas. Washington, D.C. Kingsley, Iowa. And our small Oklahoma town of the day, Marietta, Oklahoma. Way down south uh, by the border of Texas. Marietta, Way Oklahoma. Way down south indeed. Yeah, that's exactly right. Text line says this. This is good. KREF tells their listeners, guys, we will try to get to all of your texts. There's a ton here. Gout guy has to ask people to call and text his show. That's pretty good. Yeah, uh, I wish, I, I really do wish that we could get to every single text that's thrown in on this show and all the other shows, but I guess it's a good problem to have. Parker, you see the text line just like I do. It's, it, it, it's physically not possible within an hour to get to all the texts that we get on this show. Yeah, man, they fly in. And we are so grateful for all of you that interact on a daily basis because we're never lacking for talking points, even in the throes of the off season. You people have questions for us to answer, conversation starters for us to discuss, and are always willing to engage in a little friendly or occasionally not so friendly back and forth. Doug yep. and Norman kind of has the uh, <laughs> trademark on that brand. But uh, it's always fun to interact with all of you on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. And we do, we do do our best. There are simply too many to get to over the course of a single show, invariably, every single day. But we do make an effort to get to all of your texts as best we can. We are about a month away from Michael Hawkins' decision on January 31st. I know you said earlier it's between OU and Arkansas. What's the likelihood OU has its 2024 quarterback locked up before February gets here? Uh, I would consider it likely. I still really like Oklahoma for Michael Hawkins. I don't know if he has it and it's hard to go anywhere else. That kid is sooner born. Sooner bred, and Arkansas is in this thing. I don't want to disavow the Razorbacks and Kendall Bryles and all of this, but I think as of right now, you can feel pretty good about where Oklahoma stands in the recruitment of the four-star quarterback out of Allen. And here's another. It just there just seems like there's so many recruits that OU has either just signed or they're in on in the future where OU's got an in that nobody else has. I mean, if you listen to this show. Uh, on the reg, you hear us talk about that all the time, is, well, yeah, I mean, they're going after this guy, and, um, I mean, his best friend's going to OU, wants to be his roommate, and his girlfriend's going to be at OU. Like, Michael Hawkins, you're going head-to-head for Arkansas for this kid, but he's an OU legacy, right? And, And here's just another example of, you know, it may not be the overall difference in the recruitment, but it could be a factor in the recruitment that he's an OU legacy and he grew up rooting for the Sooners. So, oh, it's definitely you know. a factor. He took four unofficial visits this past fall alone to Oklahoma, and I just remember, like, he got the offer at the end of July at camp with Oklahoma, and he texted me a link to the tweet where he announced the offer, and he just he accompanied the tweet with three words in his text to me. He just said, I'm so happy. Is that OU offer? That was the one he always wanted and the one that he was holding out for for quite some time. And when it ultimately came around, I I think 
something like 14 minutes passed between the offer and my crystal ball for Oklahoma on Michael Hawkins. So, yeah, I think the Sooners are going to be real tough to deny there, and the sooner you can lock up your quarterback, and it's invariably the case, the sooner you can lock up your quarterback, the better off you're going to be with regard to the rest of your class. There's no uh, smoke whatsoever around OU and Dylan Riola, right? I mean, he uh, no. decommitted from Ohio State a couple weeks ago. I got to think Nebraska feels good about that. Maybe even Muleshoe feels good about getting that. But I, I had heard that there had been a relationship prior uh, between the you know Riola and Jeff Lebby. I'm not hearing anything on that. I just didn't know if I was missing anything because, yeah, it looks like OU is kind of all in on Michael Hawkins for 2024 at QB. It does seem that way. Uh, and I think that's understandable. Right? You get a guy that's that gifted, uh, runs a similar system, at the high school level is what Jeff Levy and that's really the reason why it's come down to OU and Arkansas for Michael Hawkins is because he gets it he's a very heady kid and he understands that he needs to go somewhere where a not only is he comfortable but b he's going to have the opportunity to position himself for early playing time and be able to make an impact whenever he does see the field And the easiest way to do that uh, the most logical way to do that is go somewhere where you have familiarity with the system and when you consider what Jeff Levy and Kendall Bryles have in common Right, they're actually brothers-in-law, for one thing, but also they both come from the Art Bryles coaching tree, and they run very similar styles of offense. And so that's one thing that uh, just in the conversations I've had with Mike over the last year or so, he's continually reaffirmed to me is the reason why he feels so comfortable with OU and Arkansas is because he doesn't see it as too much of a jump schematically from what he's running at the high school level versus what he would run at the collegiate level were he to become a Sooner or a Razorback. So that, combined with the longstanding affinity for the University of Oklahoma, leads me to believe that OU's in very good position to lock their next quarterback of the future down on January 31st. Some national news and notes here, uh, both you know, kind of recruiting via the portal. Deuce Robinson is still uncommitted uh, or unsigned, I guess, too. And there had been some smoke previously about USC and I think maybe even Texas at one point. I saw some crystal balls drop today for the five-star tight end to Georgia. Yeah, which is not shocking, right? Georgia's tight end you. Yeah. Like if you're an elite tight oh, end, you go to Georgia. Their one-two duo tight end this year has been pretty legendary, Sheesh. man. It's been really good. Sheesh, man. Georgia, Georgia, if there is one thing that program can do besides develop elite defenses – full of ridiculous athletes. There's one thing they can do offensively. It is recruit the tight end position. There is nobody across the country that does it like Georgia. Yeah. Penn State just got a player out of the portal named Storm Duck. That's right. Yeah, Storm Duck. Storm Duck. Formerly of North Carolina, if I'm (laughs) not mistaken. Yeah, I think he's a pretty good player. It's just Storm Duck is his name, and uh, congratulations to Penn State. That's going to be a lot of fun for you guys. You know what's crazy, Tyler, is that if Georgia is indeed in line to land Deuce Robinson, get this, I kid you not, they would have three of the top eight tight ends in the nation in the same class. Jeez. It's crazy, man. All of them within the national top 150, regardless of position. Yeah. Um, some other portal news. Tanner Mordecai apparently is heading to Wisconsin. So 
Wisconsin continues to be very aggressive with uh, quarterback additions. They got McCade Metallier uh, earlier this week. You know, they got Nick Evers, and now they're bringing in Tanner Mordecai, who th- has thrown for a ton of yards the past two years. So, a lot of familiar names uh, in Madison battling out for QB1 next year. It's crazy, man. I think, and I think that provides a pretty logical stopgap for the Badgers. Give Tanner Mordecai a year. Let him cook in Phil Longo's system. See if he can open things up in the Big Ten West and establish the new style of offense that you're trying to run and revolutionize that division with. And then you turn things over to Nick Evers in 2024. He's the guy at that point, and you got Mabry Mattire waiting in the wings. So uh, Ole Miss running back Zach Evans is headed to the draft. And LSU wide receiver Kayshawn Booty is also headed to the NFL draft. Now that's interesting because it was around probably three weeks ago, where and he was the best wide receiver that, that LSU had this year. He's, he's really good. He said, I'm coming back. And then Jaden Daniels, their quarterback, said, I'm coming back. And then a lot of people said, okay, well, LSU could be a dark horse pick to make the college football playoff next year and maybe even re- uh, repeat as SEC West champs. Now, Maybe some people are still high on LSU. They got a ton coming back on the offensive side of the ball. But I wonder what happened for Kayshawn Booty to initially say, yeah, I'm coming back next year at LSU, to now he's saying, yeah, actually, I've changed my mind. I'm off to the draft. Money talks. That's what it likely boils down to. He realized, oh, and maybe it was just because he got his draft grade back. He's like, oh, I'm down for that. I'll go make that kind of money. But, I mean, if you're on the borderline, if you're on the fence, and you have the option between being a – I would say probably like a for most guys, the fourth round or so is about that turning point, right? If you're going to be a fourth-round pick or higher, you're going to go to the draft. You're going to bet on yourself, and you're going to say, you know what, I can make that a first, second-round type of grade. Uh, if I show out at the combine and at pro day. But on the other hand, if you get a grade that's lower than the fourth round, a lot of guys are going to say, well, hey, you know what? Let me see what I can do to leverage uh, NIL with my current program or maybe hit the transfer portal, see what the market is for my services elsewhere. Uh, and I'll run it back for one more year and see if I can increase my draft stock. Uh, bowl game updates. Mike Loxley, head coach at Maryland, is two minutes and 28 seconds away from being doused with mayonnaise on his head in the Duke's oh Mayo Bowl. Uh, Maryland's up on NC State, 16-12. They've got the football at midfield with uh, two and a half minutes left. Uh, UCLA is up on Pitts at halftime, 21-14 in the Sun Bowl. And Spencer Rattler just tossed a touchdown pass in the Gator Bowl. Uh, South Carolina leads that 7-0 over Notre Dame early in the first quarter. So, bowl lineup's pretty good today. we got five bowl games in total, and uh, we'll keep you updated on uh, what's going on across the country today. All right, one final segment of Locked In is coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio. OEC Fiber. We're taking internet, phone, and TV services where no one else will. All right, final segment locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the Ref, we're the home of Sooner fans. Parker's still out there in Orlando. Uh, You're going to be out there through next week, correct? Do I have that right? I will be. So I'll be in Orlando until January 4th, at which point I'll be headed off to San Antonio for the All-American Bowl, which will keep me occupied until the 8th of January. So So seven consecutive nights at PDQ. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, pretty much. 
pretty much. That's what it amounts to. Uh, UGA has been good at tight end, but Iowa has produced the best tight end over the last 10 years. Uh, I'm guessing you're talking about George Kittle there. Guessing that's who you're referencing. Who got the uh, last uh, the last scholarship offer from Iowa uh, when he signed there? It's a pretty cool story. Was that really, he was the last guy? Yeah. Yeah, he got Sheesh. the last scholarship offer at Iowa. That worked out well for him. Uh, there have been, been a few tight ends over the years that have come through Norman, Oklahoma that have turned out to be pretty good. Yeah. Does Michael Hawkins play another position in case Jackson Arnold is QB1 for 2024 through 2027? Uh, Listen, I there is absolutely no way Jackson Arnold is going to be on the campus of the University of Oklahoma for five seasons, yeah. barring injury. <laughs> there is not a chance. There's not a snowflakes yeah. chance in hell. That happened. The o- the over under on years he's at OU is at, is three and a half, and and I'm taking the under. Yeah, I would take I would take the under on that one as well. Uh, this text says so. It's a battle between brother in laws to land uh, Hawkins. Yeah, how about that little war within the family? That would be like this one says the Bryles Easter dinner will be interesting wherever Hawkins goes uh, out of, uh, between Arkansas and OU. Yeah, that, that'll, yeah be, that'll be no, different. Jeff, Jeff and Kendall have a really good relationship, and it's not, it, there's not going to be beef there regardless of Michael's choice. I was actually I was at uh, one of uh, Michael's games earlier this year, and both Levy and Bryles show up, and they actually left early together to go get dinner with one another. So they're very close, uh, have a real good relationship. And I don't imagine that there's going to be lingering resentment, regardless of which school Hawkins picks. I I know we've we've done this topic about five times since signing day, but twenty four seven just just to bring it up because they just did it. Um, who's like the the under the radar signee in every single team's class? And for OU, they had Taylor Wine, which I think that that is actually mm. probably the right answer, um, at least a very good answer. It says, in the words of Oklahoma's coaching staff, Wine is the most underrated prospect in the entire 2023 class. That is why the Sooners were one of the first Power 5 programs to offer him in November, kicking off a whirlwind couple of weeks that saw his stock go to the moon. Yeah, that boy good. That boy good. And PJ's going to accrue all the headlines as he should right like pj is a dynamo and is going to be a very impactful player potentially very early on at oklahoma but do not disregard taylor wine because that dude can get after the quarterback and there's not going to be any particular urge to rush him along developmentally but two three years down the road that dude could be starting and doing some pretty special things for the sooners um, also, before we get out of here, college football's uh, top 25 recruiters, according to 24-7 Sports, Brandon Hall was the highest OU assistant on the list at number 11. I think Parker and I agree that he's probably recruiter of the year at OU this year. Jay Valai was in the top 15 at number 15. So OU had two assistants in the top 15 and both in the back end of the defense, which judging by their uh, secondary hall, that's, you know, that's not too big of a surprise. When, were, when was the last time we were talking about – Oh, boy, this OU class is really, really good in the secondary, Tyler. Um, when was the last time we were having that conversation? I, I, it, I, 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 I've heard it be said for wide receiver, for quarterback, for running back, uh, secondary players. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's happened in the past 20 years. Exactly. It's Which says while. something about the direction of this program under the leadership of Brent Venables, doesn't it? 
Uh, yeah, I would say so. They got some things to fix for sure, um, and if they can fix those things, they'll be all right. But we, we talked about it, man. You get stops on fourth down, complimentary football, go take advantage of it. You can't have a penalty that negates a touchdown to get you up 21-3. Missed field goals, just some missed opportunities last night, or, oh, you might win that game by about uh, 10 points. All right, that'll do it for Parker. The rush is coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans.